What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope everybody is well. I hope everybody's enjoying lockdown. Because I know I'm not. I'm fucking sick of it now. Who's 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 had enough? I know we've got the data mind for gyms at least. Uh, we've got f- literally four weeks almost to the day. Not that anyone's counting, <laughs> except for me, because I want my job back. I've been doing some finances over the last few days, and yeah, I've taken a big old hit. I think you know over the last six, seven, eight, nine months now of being an online coach, predominantly. You, you, you're taking a hit. I've had less numbers for the whole time. Don't get me wrong. I've, the numbers aren't bad, but it's been less numbers than I could have been having. And that money works out quite well for me. So I've been living, uh, I've been, it's quite a frustrating time, I think, where I've obviously had damaged business for whatever reason. I'm not going to sit here and complain about that. I can only imagine. I've had but there's businesses that are never going to open again. They're never, ever going to open again. And that's that's something that fortunately I'm not in that position. But for me, I received no government help. I didn't receive anything from anyone. Um, I didn't even get offered a loan. Not that I'd want to take one. But it's been quite a quite a difficult last week or so. I've been going over those finances and just having a bit of a, a bit of a panic, a bit of a wobble. But we've got to know that I'm not. I've still got to put food on the table. Can still pay my bills. Can still probably go on holiday at some point this year. And. Um, and I know that it's going to look up the back end of the year for everyone. You know, I think we've had a big hit on everything. I think Instagram followers are down, YouTube followers are down, YouTube views are down. The in- the rate of increase is just increasingly slowed down, and I think that's the same for a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Um, I think I think it's I think it's very similar for a lot of people that aren't someone, if that makes sense. So, professional bodybuilders, um, big names in the industry already, they kind of continue to get better because they're on this like pedestal. But quite often when you're a little bit smaller, you're not on a pedestal, people relate to you a little bit more, people see themselves in you a little bit more, it's quite hard for them to relate to you if you're still training and you know, still going through this process and actually all the information you do is around going to the gym. You know, you can imagine how that dies off and yeah, it's officially had an impact on my business. So that's that's a fucking lovely morning to wake up to, isn't it? But we've got a monster, a little white monster, which we're gonna take a sip on. Lovely. So a little bit of an update. I was 109.4 this morning. That's my lowest um, of this prep. The metaphorical hammer has been dropped, so to speak. We kind of ramped up cardio to every day, pulled down food again, and uh, put up our thermogenics a little bit just so that we could make sure we come in on time. We'd much rather be leaner earlier then later down the line and trying to panic diet at the end of it and dieting into the show we don't want to do that we don't need to do that especially with the position i've put me in i wouldn't the the position i've put myself in i wouldn't do myself the justice um if i was just hurrying at the end because i'd taken it too slow at the beginning so 12 weeks out we've been dieting for for five weeks now this is the sixth week and I'm starting to feel it a little bit. Definitely, we'll feel it a little bit more now that we've got the cardio in. Like physically, I feel all right. I think mentally, I'm a little bit more tired. I think that hormonally, well, obviously hormonally, I'm exogenously hormone. <laughs> but uh, like I feel my sex drive coming down a little bit. I feel a little bit less zip about my life. I do feel down a little bit. Not necessarily depressed or sad. But maybe if I was level 10 before, I'm like level 9 or 8 now, if that makes sense. So I'm just starting to deal with that, just starting to 
got that first wave of of prep kind of hitting over me and and we're just dealing with how it comes but it is what it is we keep rolling with the punches and and dealing with this how we do like hopefully with the gyms open things will get a little bit better and you know the motivation and the the positivity will come back because it's quite hard like quite often if you're someone who is a positive guy there's a lot of fucking negativity at the moment you know no one's fucking happy why would anyone be happy you've been in a pandemic for over a year people have been on furlough for over a year people are scared to go back to work for after over a year there's a lot of um negative energy floating around i think not not for anyone's fault not that anyone shouldn't shouldn't be negative i think it's very fucking natural and i think it's normal and i think you're a bit weird if you're if you're, if you're 100 fine in times like this um and i do I, like, I sort of do believe in that like the more energy that's negative floating around i think that has an impact in the air like, i generally do like that energy you feel in the air sometimes when you walk into a room i generally feel like, a little bit dampened around because everyone's so tired of this and and yeah like, I, i'm excited for some fucking positivity i tell you that much i tell you that much um what else is new not, not much else is really new to be fair like prep is very much uh one day after the other type thing and obviously we only spoke last week on the wednesday i'm going to formalize these podcasts every wednesday it's my uh it's my rest day that i can get it done because usually on the sunday rest day i am either in london or every other week i'm in london so i just prefer to spend that time with with amy um, but every wednesday uh, I, i'm pretty much at home and i'll have time to sit down and do this podcast where we can give you some updates we can go through some questions and and generally just waffle on about absolute breeze like we normally do um so then, let's jump into some fucking questions, shall we? Here we go. So I asked for some questions out on my Instagram. Um, if you guys don't follow me, at Josh Bridgman, um, you can fire over questions anytime and we will answer them on the podcast. Um, so here we go. Um, best cutting dieting tricks. I've heard chewing gum is a good one to reduce hunger. I'm not, you know what, I'm not fully there yet where I am uh, chasing different habits. Uh, or not chasing habits, or chasing... Chasing ways to fulfill my hunger. I'm not quite there. I've managed, you know, I time my food pretty well. I think that's a good one for you guys to do is try fast in the morning if you don't train in the morning. Try to delay those meals as long as possible, especially on a rest day. And then the usual tactics like, you know, getting your vegetables in, making sure you're volumizing your meals. Um, you can chew gum, maybe low calorie drinks. Uh, but ultimately, you're going to fucking suck it up. You, that's what you got to do at the end of the day. Like, you haven't got a choice. You're probably going to be hungry. You can do things to slightly mitigate it, but you are going to be hungry. So you just got to you just gotta keep on top of it and just make sure, um, make sure you're managing things properly. Um, best supplement, supplement stack to knock down blood pressure. First and foremost, don't be too fat. Train, train hard. Do your cardio. Make sure your heart is strong. Then you can look into things like uh, there's a kidney kidney stack and blood pressure stack from Supplement Needs. It's got astragalus in there, hawthorn berry, both things that can potentially reduce your your blood pressure. Um, if you're an assisted user, I generally recommend using an ARB, an angiotensin receptive blocker. Um, I, my general recommendation is recommendation is telmisartan at 40 milligrams. Um, but I do I do encourage you to just like type in ARB study or angiotensin receptor blocker study and just do a little bit of research yourself just so you know what you're putting in your body. Um, but yeah, I use Telmasartan at the moment, uh, 40 milligrams per day, just to try and keep yourself in a in a place where you've got to reduce that angiotensin because 
you know, using, for me anyway, using anabolics is going to put more pressure on that heart, you know, so you do want to preempt that. You don't want to have the damage done and then try and correct it. You want to preempt that, and that's what I'm doing. Um, increasing your testosterone naturally. Okay, then. All right, then, my little natty friends. Here we go. These are the things that you can do to increase your testosterone naturally. Get stronger. Eat more food. Train like a beast. Sleep very, very well. Poor sleep is is, is known to absolutely detriment hormones. Um, you can eat things that are rich in very healthy fats. Cholesterol, a little bit of a precursor to testosterone. If you just smash cholesterol in, is your testosterone going to boost? Maybe acutely, but also you've got the, the effects of having higher cholesterol food in you. So is the trade-off worth it? I don't know. People who are searching for a testosterone boost naturally, uh, you're often looking for that unicorn because there's really nothing that you can take that is going to boost up your nat natural testosterone unless, unless you're in a position where your hormones are low naturally. As in, you've been on a big cut, maybe you had a car accident, maybe something's happened where your natural testosterone is, is low and it's hard for your body to get it back up. You can use things like deaspartic acid. It's been used a little bit in rats, which again, it's not it's not foolproof, but it's been used in rats, which are like 97% genetic, the same material or something. Um, and they used it for like 12 days. I can't remember the total, but you can literally type in deaspartic acid rat study and you'll find it. And they used it for 12 days and no, notice that testosterone boost up. If you are normal, if you are chilling and you're fine and you don't feel anything like that, it's not gonna make a difference. It's not even gonna smidge you at all. So. My general recommendation is if you're searching for a natural testosterone booster, stop because you're not going to find one. Just focus on those fundamentals. I've had a client who's had really low testosterone, really low estrogen. Um, Cameron, I don't know if you've still listened to these, but if you do, like he was one of those guys and we just put him in a surplus. He was skinny fat. He had been wanting to lose that fat, which happens to be those people a lot because they're skinny, but they're also fat, but you don't want to be fat, but you don't want to be skinny. You needed to bulk, and that's exactly what we did with him. We we incremented food up. We got him nice and strong. His body fat didn't change. We got him retested. Testosterone fucking booming. Um, so really sleep well, eat well, train well, and you're going to be in a position where your testosterone is going to be a little bit higher. But unfortunately, there's nothing that you can take that's going to boost that. No natural testosterone boosters or anything like that. Um, I'd be a bit dodgy otherwise. Um, unable to source Primo. Primo Bolin is masked a fair substitute. Um, you, you like, yeah, it's a fair substitute, but not like for like, like you couldn't use 500 milligrams of Mastron versus 500 milligrams of Primo because Primo is a lot less toxic. Um, it's a lot more well-rounded. That's why it's a more expensive drug. So I generally wouldn't use it as a substitute, but because I'll just find fucking Primo. But if you can't really, 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 really can't find it, or you can't afford it. If you can't afford it, you shouldn't be doing it. But if you really, really can't find it, then then you can potentially use Mastron as that androgen to estrogen ratio modulator, if that makes sense. And also a little bit of DHT there, so it doesn't aromatize. So yeah, you can use it. You'd have to use it in slightly less doses though, probably. Um, there are some questions here that people ask, and I just don't know the answer to them. So if you have asked questions as why and I, and I haven't answered this generally why it's because I don't want to answer something that I don't know the answer to. For example here, someone goes, can you talk about antidepressants and weight gain? Is it true or what's really happening? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a pharmacologist. I don't know the interactions of antidepressants. I've never looked at it. 
I, I wouldn't ever comment on it. So just so people, when maybe they've asked me a question, they're wondering why I didn't answer. It's because I just haven't got the knowledge, or I haven't got the the education, or I haven't got the power, the to the stance. I haven't got the qualifications, so I kind of stay away from it. Not that I'm qualified in anything that I talk about. Uh, tracking food every single day for years, eating disorder or discipline towards the goal. Um, eating disorder, no. Disordered eating, yes. Is it disordered versus the normal person? Yes. Is it normal to you? Then yes. Then no. It's just discipline towards the goal. Uh, I don't think there's any issue with it at all. People who have to be great have to be a little bit crazy sometimes. Um, and I would go as far as to say that there's probably one to five people in bodybuilding that have ever done that and never had an off-plan meal in years. I bet you there is. they still have one or two a year. So there is still some... There is still some give in that, if that makes sense. Favorite prep food? Um, what's the meal? The minimum, the meal I'm enjoying most is my last meal. I've been having 250 grams of mince and 400 grams of potato. But the way my mum does this mince is fucking unreal. It's like Mediterranean spices in it, but she makes this like mint sauce, you know, like mint sauce she put on turkey. So it comes out with this like tangy, spicy, beefy, wonderfulness and that's actually my favorite meal at the moment my mouth is watering thinking about it um so i'm excited if i can get that dummy later on um josh how important are genetics and bodybuilding in percent i don't know um very fucking high <laughs> i think that like i think that genetics is like 90 percent of it maybe not maybe not you can have you you can have great genetics and work like a shit house and don't eat properly and you can fuck it all up but genetics are so strong in some people that it's like almost everything like you look at some of those top pros and how they train and they're just unreal it's because of those genetics you know so i would say uh if you were to take like genetics training nutrition recovery genetics would have the biggest slice of the pumpkin slices slice of the pie <laughs> pumpkin um and then training, sleep and recovery and eating and all that stuff would come under it. Probably pretty even, but I think genetics is probably the biggest one, honestly. Um, do you see an issue including junk food despite being within a calorie goal? Generally speaking, nah, I don't at all. I don't think there's any issues of bringing in some junk every now and again um, if you're in an off-season. If you're in a dieting phase, I would argue that that junk food is not going to serve you well other than a very acute short time of being like oh this fucking tastes nice <laughs> which if that's worth it for you if that's if that that short satisfaction of, of that meal is worth it for you do it there's no issues with doing that but for me someone who wants to focus on their performance if i had 1500 calories of a and i can i can easily fit this in a nando's butterfly chicken breast a garlic bread and chips which i could easily fit in for 1500 calories i've got 3000 500 calories a day I would argue that I could get a lot more out of eating cleaner food because there's a lot of fat with the garlic bread there's a lot of fat with the chips I would much rather have the higher carbohydrate and lower fat because that's going to serve my performance better to be fair Nando's is a bad option because it's just chicken and fucking potato isn't it like it's not and bread it's not too bad for you um but if you would have like a five guys fries and shake and that was like 1800 calories I would say that there's a lot more to get out of having some clean food if that makes sense um, a little bit of a different one. I heard you mention it before in a podcast, but how does a limited company work? 
Um, I don't know what you mean by that question, but a limited company is just an incorporation. Um, it's just you just make a company. You literally pay like fifteen quid. You become a company, um, or you make your business a company. For example, if you're a, you're an online coach, Josh Bridgman Online Coaching, whatever it is. I don't have that. I have two different two different businesses. That business then employs you as a coach, um, and you pay yourself from that company. You then are tax efficient. <laughs> Well, it blew the mic up then. You're basically just tax efficient as soon as you make a company because um, you can pay yourself dividends. So at the moment, I pay myself about £722 a month or something like that from my company, which works out about 11, I think it's 12500 a year that you can take completely tax-free. So that's the first thing that I pay myself because that's tax-free from the company. That's taking money out of the company. Tax-free, twelve and a half grand a year. Uh, then you can pay yourself dividends and you can pay yourself a £50,000 of dividends a year and as soon as you go over that £50,000 um, you start to get higher tax rates so you're taking that that £50,000 dividends um, out of your business every single year um, at 9% tax because that's corporation tax um, or or nine sorry 19% tax because that's corporation tax which is actually going up soon so you know you can take sixty two point five thousand pounds out of your business a year. Twelve of twelve and a half of that is f- is free. Fifty thousand pounds of that is taxed at nineteen percent. Um, sometimes it's even less. I think it can be nine to nineteen percent based off what it is. I can't, I can't remember one hundred percent. So if you weren't self employed, if you weren't employed by that by that business, and you were just getting paid from a company. You'd be getting taxed twenty. You'd be getting taxed twenty percent on anything up to about thirty grand, thirty-two grand, or whatever it is. Then you'd be getting taxed thirty percent up to forty. Then I'd be getting taxed forty percent if I was taking home sixty-two thousand five hundred pound a year. But instead, I pay myself sixty-two thousand five hundred pound a year, and I only pay nineteen percent tax on it because of the way I've set things up. If I want more than that money out a year, say I want, say I want an extra five grand out for a holiday, or I want to take whatever i just want 70 grand a year whatever it doesn't make a difference as soon as you cross over that threshold of 625 or 50,000 pound dividends a year you pay 40% tax on that stuff so it's still tax efficient like if you were earning 100 grand a year in an office job you'd be getting 40% on that whole salary but if you are self-employed and using dividends for that second half of 50,000 pounds that would be taxed at 40% but the first half would only be 19% so you end up saving 20% like you save what's what you save 20 grand you know you can save 20 grand if you take 100k a home a year so it works out a lot a lot more efficient I probably wouldn't suggest you swapping over until you're probably at the threshold like if you're if you're making 33 grand a year or something 34 grand a year below that 30% threshold I don't see any reason for you to do it as soon as you go to 30% threshold I would just make it a company because you can just take things out much cheaper it doesn't make any sense write things off against the business etc 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 so that's that's the logistics of it that's why I do it Um, suggested by my accountant and then obviously depending how much turnover you have in that limited company you think you have £85,000 a year as soon as you go over £85,000 a year you can you have to pay VAT on that which means that you have to pay 20% on every transaction so you either charge 20% more or you take a 20% hit and obviously you can claim some of that VAT back on things that you've bought but if you're not like if you're not buying loads of shit and trying to work that VAT off you're really just going to pay it 
I had a savage VAT bill this year, so you've got to be conscious of those things as you move up. Um, so Brightman fake test, that is not a question, mate. Shut up. Sorry, don't mean to say that. I was just speaking out loud there. Um, I used too much on my first cycle. Will I still benefit of taking a lower dose next time? Yes, you will. Um, it's a very, very miscon worldwide misconception that you get like a tolerance to these things. Like 300 milligrams should always yield very similar results. Um, there will be a point when that 300 milligrams is maybe a little bit too little for you because you have got exponentially bigger, but you'd have to get exponentially bigger for that to be a thing, if that makes sense. So yeah, you could you can 100% go low again. It's not going to make a difference. It's not a case of use 300 milligram once. You have to use 400 milligrams the next time. It's it's not like that at all. Like I used way more gear in my first prep 2019 than I'm going to use this whole time in 2021. You know, and I'm going to come in bigger, better, and looking better. So yeah, sorry. Um, are zero cal monsters bad to have uh, one two every day? I don't think so. As I sit mine. I personally don't think so. I think that they're a little bit of a tool, you know, for curving hunger, getting a little bit of that sweet tooth in sometimes. And they're zero calories. The only thing I'd be conscious of is if it's giving you an upset stomach. A lot of the sweeteners can give you a little bit of an upset stomach, digestion issues, and people just don't think, they think, oh, what am I eating when they're just smashing Pepsi Max all day? So be conscious of how your stomach feels. Um... But I don't really see a problem with them personally. So yeah. Um, thoughts on clen on off time, mixed advice from two days off, two days. Yeah. So th there's this general rule of thumb about clen roll, which is like you can only run it two days on, two days off, or two weeks on and two weeks off. This is all complete bullshit. I don't know where the fuck that's come from. Some old school bro. I don't even know where it's come from because all the research points towards long-term use being being more protective of muscle long-term use of clenbuterol seems to be more anabolic because clen is mildly anabolic there's no real impact on left ventricular left ventricular size um like uh, atrial output or whatever it is there's some pretty good research up to 700 micrograms oh my fucking god can you imagine taking that much clen if you've ever taken it like I'm using 60 at the moment and I'm rocking <laughs> 700. So they tested up to 700. I think they used it for like 12 to 14 weeks and said it was not too bad. So no, I would just use it continuously. There's no reason for you to um to constantly swap on and off. Um, Yeah, here's another one. Blood work has shown lower than average testosterone. I get this a lot, right? Because I talk about blood tests. I get my blood test. People want to go, oh, where's my testosterone? Thinking that it's going to be super high and then they just get like a bang average result and they're like, fuck, I want to be above average. What can I do? You can't do anything, bro. You cannot do anything. That is just where you sit. You know, other than the points I said earlier, maybe get a little bit leaner, maybe get fitter, maybe get stronger. I don't know. I don't know how, how you are as a person. Maybe lose some body fat. But you, like, People search for this. People send me their testosterone testosterone results all the time. What do you think of this, bro? I don't I don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, you shouldn't give a fuck. Like, it doesn't make a difference. What do you think about this? It's 20 nanomoles, mate. What do you want me to say? How do I get it bigger? You can't. Oh, mate, I've got 12 nanomoles. I'm only three off the lowest range. What should I do? 
nothing. You can't do anything. Unless you want to take testosterone, you cannot do anything. Go see a doctor. If they say you're fine, they're not going to give you TRT. Like there's nothing that you can do. So people that often search for this, this answer of what can they do when their testosterone, like you can't really do much unless you've had like some sort of issue with your hormones. There's, there's nothing that you can really do. So you've got to embrace it. Embrace it. Um, training while sore. Um, I definitely wouldn't train if you're too sore. You'll know what too sore is because you wouldn't be able to lift your arms up if you're doing push, for example. But a little bit of soreness is is not an issue. Um, as long as when you when you train, that soreness kind of fades away, and you're not just feel like you're injuring yourself. So there is no issue with training while sore, but just make sure it's not too sore. <laughs> Training volume for the first few weeks when gym's open, um, you're going to be in that situation where you're going to have to start low, maybe lower than you've ever been before, you know, maybe two to three to four top sets, and then just leave it, you know, see how sore you are the next day. If you're sore, great, you're going to be growing, you know, and then stick to those four sets for a few weeks, milk it, grow off four sets, and then when you get accustomed to it, then you can kind of start working back up to normal volume, which is maybe five, six, seven sets on, on said muscle per session or whatever it is. So 100% use the least amount you can do to get sore because as soon as you get sore, right, okay, cool. You can have that little bit of neurological adaptation to the to the movement patterns. You can have that adaptation to the muscle that you've lost potentially. And then you can really start to kick on as uh, as, you, as you start to be accustomed to that training volume. What's the worst side effect you've got from taking pre-workout? I, to be fair, I've not really had side effects from taking pre-workout other than just having too much caffeine and just feeling fucking rotten never had some kind of awful reaction or anything but yeah just feeling a little bit rotten with um with too much caffeine i think i had like 900 milligrams or something i accidentally mixed these two together and they were just crazy amounts of caffeine i felt absolutely fucking awful absolutely ruined me and and the two people that we trained with were absolutely wrecked um can you balance partying and bodybuilding as a uni student Uh, yeah you can Uh, i wouldn't say that you're going to be optimal i wouldn't say you're going to do the best that you possibly can by doing that if that makes sense i think that it's important to have that social aspect of university because it molds you kind of makes you who you are in the days um, or in the years to come but if it's your fucking goal and you want it more than anything and you're hungry for it and it's all you can think about i'd stay away from it but if you want that balance, you can do it. I did it the whole time. I was out every other weekend or so. I didn't I didn't go crazy. To be fair, my last year, I didn't really go out a lot because I was into the bodybuilding. But you just got to weigh up how much it's worth to you, you know. And um, yeah, you just got to make sure that you do your due diligence to uh, to live it how you want to live it, right? Because it's going to be different. It's going to be different to how I wanted to live it, so. Um... So that's it. Like I don't want to go for any more questions. I think I'll just leave you there in suspense. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about. I don't. I don't really think so. Um, like I'm just excited to keep pushing this forward, and I hope you guys have been enjoying the the YouTube videos and whatnot. So I think maybe next podcast we'll probably bring in a couple of topics that I'll talk about extensively. I know we've done a few Q and A's here and there with a little bit of an update, but I think you know I did enjoy picking a topic and just having a little bit of a rant about it, and you guys can get a lot out from it. So we'll definitely look to do that next time. Um, if there's any specific topics that you want, just drop me a message. Um, as always, guys, drop a rating 
Um, we don't, we're a five-star podcast. We're a five-star podcast with like 200 fucking ratings. So respect it, guys. Um, we'll speak soon. Peace and love, everybody. Have a good day and a good weekend.